0: Well, good morning again, Thrive Church. Glad to see you on this Sunday morning. Uh, Virtually speaking, of course, uh, I'm going to be wrapping up this series on prayer today, Um, but I wanted to make sure that I mentioned uh, something else. Uh, We're right at the end of May, and I said earlier that we would be reevaluating the possibility of reopening and and doing live church again, starting on June 1, and wanted to let you know that we are uh, monitoring the data and trying to... Um, gain get some feedback from the rest of the congregation. And, and here, here's the thing, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to try to make the right choice for us. I know there's several churches that have opened up across town. Um, there have been several churches around the country that have opened and then closed again, and we don't want to necessarily do that. So um, stay tuned. And of course, if you have any uh, question or comment about it, go ahead and send us an email at hello at thrivetulsa.com and we will get back to you as soon as we can. We would love to hear your feedback um, about all of that, but um, just stick with us as we as we try to, to make a wise decision for Thrive Church, um, all of our, our parishioners, including our kids. So um, also, please be in prayer over that. Um, pray for us as leaders as we, you know, try n- not only to read the data, but to hear what God is saying to us. And so uh, just invite you to to do that. Well, like you, I like learning new things. Um, I you know I I try to learn something new, uh, at least on a weekly basis. Although when you have children, you tend to learn new things on a daily basis. Uh, at least I do. Um, but it seems to me that every time I learn something new, one of two things happens. Um, and maybe you can uh, identify with this as well. Um, very often I forget <laughs> what it is that I learned. Uh, I'll hear something and I think oh man that's really good and then I probably promptly just zip its right right out uh, of my brain um, so what I've learned to do is to, to write things down and so I typically take notes um, in meetings and you know when I'm listening to you know other preachers or speakers or that kind of thing I, I like to, to write things down I like I like to take notes um, especially if they're, it's a great idea and sometimes yes I even draw my notes and uh, I like to use colored pens and that sort of thing. It just helps me to remember. Uh, the problem with that, though, is that uh, if I don't have if I don't have my notes in a central location, I come across those notes three, six, nine, twelve months later and go, "Oh yeah, that was a really good idea." Or I have no idea what the context of that particular great idea is, and so consequently, it doesn't mean any anything to me. Um, And the truth of the matter is, and this is going to sound funny, but I always feel a little guilty when I hear a great idea and I I either forget about it or I take a note, I misplace the note and I come back to it and I don't fully understand it. I do feel a little guilty. I spent that time and energy to write it down and still. So in an effort um, to help all of us not feel guilty, uh, I thought we might take a moment and recap some of what we've learned in this study about prayer Um, try to recap the series Um, but more importantly prayer is so essential for our walk with Jesus it's worth revisiting over and over again and so let's let's just kind of look at um, the series as a whole and just remind ourselves um, maybe something will come back to you that you know, you wanted to pursue, and just you know, lost track of time, or hey, there are other things that have come up. I, I get it; it happens. So, you know, um, we started um, by seeing where where Luke chose to record the Lord's prayer. We wanted to to start off prayer with with the prayer that Jesus taught us, and uh, you might remember this um, this little diagram. But essentially, um, it starts uh, with. With the good samaritan uh, jesus tells this parable he's asked the question who is my neighbor so he tells the, the parable of the good samaritan and the behavior of the samaritan is is commended and then immediately he tells a story of uh, luke tells a story of mary and martha and and um, mary's the one who sat at jesus feet well martha got distracted with all kinds of preparations and the work to do And there's a message here that if you want to behave like the Good Samaritan, if you want to be commended for that, then you have to spend time with Jesus like Mary did. And then um, uh, the next, very next story is the one of the Lord's Prayer. We do that through prayer because we don't necessarily have the physical Jesus around us. And so then we looked at... um, um, Luke's uh, version of of, uh, the Lord's prayer and the way he writes about it, we're encouraged to to ask boldly for things. Um, Answered prayer is about who you believe in. It's not about what you believe. It's about who you believe in. And so ask boldly because he's a good father who's more loving than you can even imagine. That's a helpful thing uh, in your prayer time is just to understand the goodness of God, how much he loves you, and that we should pray and ask boldly, especially if it's for kingdom-oriented things. So ask boldly. And then we did. Um, we, we left uh, the, the Gospels and we went to the letter to the Philippians. And Paul taught us to always keep a Jesus' perspective about things. And um, there's no need for anxiety or aggression or control. We don't need those things because ultimately the Lord is near. The Lord is near to us. And that perspective should always be in the back of our mind because we carry God with us into every set of circumstances. Remember, the Holy Spirit is God within us. And so if the Holy Spirit is residing inside of us, then when we uh, are in certain sets of circumstances, we are carrying God with us. The Lord is near and that ought to change our our perspective. You carry him with you, which is why it's important to actually spend time with him, to be in his presence, to hang out with him, to learn from him. So the Lord is near. then on Mother's Day, we continued with Paul and he taught us a very simple format. Maybe you remember this diagram. I've been trying to use this in my own prayers recently. It all starts with joy. He says, rejoice, then pray continually and give thanks. It's just very simple. Now, I don't want to say that it's a formula, but it's a pattern. Uh, it's just something that you can do. If you're looking for a way to pray, three, three parts to it. Always start with joy. There is something that you can rejoice over. There is something I know you have to pray about. And there is something that you can give thanks for. And if you do that, what you'll find is that the thanksgiving will lead you to more joy. And the joy will lead you to more prayer. And the prayer will lead you to more thanksgiving. And this thing becomes like a flywheel. And eventually, you are praying continually because you see the benefit of it. So make your prayer in the light of joy and thanksgiving. And and just find yourself returning to it and and see what it does for you. See what it does. Then we uh, turned our attention to the book of James a couple of weeks ago and we learned that effective prayers are rooted in righteousness. The prayers of, of a righteous person, a prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And, um, you know, James tells us to confess. Why? So that we can be righteous. You spend time with God and he'll change your heart and watch what happens to your prayers. But these things happen because we're right with God and we're right with other people. And James is very good at pointing that out to us in, in in that letter. So a prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So... If I want powerful and effective prayers, I need to be righteous, need to confess. And I may need to confess to another person, but I know I at least need to confess to God. So be righteous. Watch the effectiveness of your prayers increase. And then last week we went back to the Lord's Prayer, um, but this time it was, was Matthew's version. And the bottom line was if you want God's reward, you have to participate. Just do it in secret. You have to participate in something, whether it's, you know, giving or or praying or fasting three common practices within the Jewish religion. But if you're going to do it, do it in secret, but you're not going to get any reward if you don't engage in it. And so just urge people to um, to actually practice this, to participate um, in the process. And I have one last point that I want to make on prayer um, before we wrap this series up. And um, in Paul's letter to the church that was worshiping in Rome, so the book that we call Romans, he writes something very interesting, uh, and it's within a broader context, but there's one particular verse that really jumps out of the page. And you've probably seen this before if you grew up in the church, and here it is. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. You know, we talk about the resurrection being the critical component of belief. If, if you don't believe in the resurrection, you're, you're not a Christian, um, at least not in my mind. That's the pivotal, crucial point. That's the hill that most of us will die on, uh, at least when we're talking about, about theology. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, has ascended and is at the right hand of God, and I love this, is also interceding for us. Let that sink in. The resurrected Jesus is at the right hand of God, and he's interceding for us. He prays on our behalf. That's what interceding means. He speaks to God the Father on our behalf. That's incredibly powerful. And it has all kinds of implications to it. So the question is then, I think, what is it that Jesus actually prays? What do you think he prays? Um, Do you think that he he prays to help you to get an A on your test? Or uh, to help you find a great parking spot (laughs) at the grocery store? Or maybe um, he prays to God that you get the winning lottery ticket? Right? All those things. Probably not. Hate to break it to you. Um, not that he doesn't want to help you. Not that he doesn't want to see you succeed. It, it's got none of that. Those are probably not the things that he's praying for, though. But we can get an idea of what, um, what kinds of things Jesus does pray for by looking somewhere else um, in the Bible. So I want to draw your attention to a scene in John's biography of Jesus. And um, right before his uh, arrest and his crucifixion, Jesus spends time with his disciples. And it's it's called, among scholars, the Farewell Discourse. And it's uh, a number of chapters um, that describe how Jesus interacted with his men right before those fateful uh, circumstances. And there's a particular point um, that is really worthy of us taking a good hard look at, and it's called the high priestly prayer. Jesus actually prays um, before they go out and he's arrested. And uh, in that prayer, there are some Very profound things, things that we can learn from. So I would uh, invite you to um, join me in John chapter 17. Jesus says, My prayer is not that you would take them, meaning his disciples, out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And skipping down to verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is the word of the Lord, and we believe it. So Jesus prayed for a couple of things, right? Jesus prayed, well, first for our protection, especially from the evil one. Not that he would remove us from those circumstances, but that we would be protected in it. He prays for our our sanctification, our holiness, our righteousness, because prayers of the righteous are powerful and effectual. He also prays that we would be sent, that we weren't, wouldn't be just content to live with this knowledge, but that we would be willing to share with others. And of course he prayed for our unity, that we would be one. So here's a thought, here's a thought. Maybe, just maybe, um, we ought to pray for those things too. I think it's perfectly appropriate to pray for protection, for health, and for safety, especially in these times, right? Um, There's the whole coronavirus. Uh, We want to pray for protection for that. I would really like to not have to go through that if I don't have to. It's okay to pray for that. There's also some economic um, implications for the coronavirus, for you know, sheltering in place. We all know this, You read it on your news feeds or, uh, or in the newspaper if you still get one of those, or even on Facebook, everybody has an opinion about it, right? But there are economic challenges that are coming. It's perfectly acceptable to pray for protection on those things that God wouldn't necessarily remove us, but he would protect us from what the evil one can do to us in those circumstances. And don't be surprised if he, if he does. And through all of this, you are going to find fear and you are going to find doubt. And you are going fi- to, all of those things are tools of the enemy. And so it's perfectly acceptable. It's preferable that we actually pray for protection against them. To so keep that in mind, pray for health and safety. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't just limit it to, to the health and safety in a physical sense, but also in an emotional sense psychological, spiritual, of course, and financial. Uh, I think all of those things are very appropriate. And I think God cares about those things. Jesus prayed that for us, that we'd be protected from the evil one, perfectly fine, and actually preferable to pray for those things. He he also prayed for our holiness, that we would be right with God and right with others. So why, why not pray for that yourself? Oh, God, search me. Tell me if there's anything that I need to deal with. Um, we start every year with a theme for the year. Great time to return to that. God, is there anything with my theme that I need to, to, to get back on track with? Because that, that puts my heart in the right spot. So, so pray for those things. Ask God to reveal uh, if there's anything that he needs to, to deal with inside of you so that you stay in right relationship with him. And at the same time, it's, you know, holiness is about our relationship with other people. And, and you know where they're strained. You know where those relationships are strained. I'm confident of that. And maybe this is the time, maybe this is an opportunity for you to say, oh God, how do I reconcile that? How do we fix that relationship? It's great to pray for that because Jesus prays for your sanctification, your, your holiness. Um, so take that on yourself. Pray that. God, God loves to hear those prayers. So we have access to God through Jesus. And if we are aligning ourselves with him, those prayers get amplified. We also, you know, pray that we'd be sent. And I think that would, it's a great thing. Look, it doesn't mean that you're going off to Africa. It doesn't mean that you're you're going off to, you know, another city or a state or a country. Although it could mean that, but it doesn't have to. The point is, is like, God, who needs you today and how can I share you? that's sent it might be the neighbor across the street and you know what it might be your spouse or your kids who need you to be jesus that need need for you to think in in the sense that i am sent to you to share good news as jesus was sent into the world he has sent his disciples out into the world that's you and that's me and so consequently it's great for us to pause and say god who needs you today and how can i best share them and and look you don't have to do it the way i do you're going to have your own way and you'll know what it is at the time if you are listening and responding to things that god is telling you you're going to know you're going to figure it out and it's it's a good thing you'll find yourself blessed as you try to bless others so he Not only are we protected and not only are we holy, but we're also sent out. And and finally, and I can't emphasize this one enough, is that he prays for our unity, that we would be one. Those of us who follow Jesus, we would be one. Now look, (laughs) in today's environment, it seems to me that we've fallen into this trap of thinking that if I disagree with you, I hate you. Or if you disagree with me, you must hate me. That's simply not true. It means we have a disagreement. And even among, among you know, Christians, you can have a difference of opinion. That doesn't mean you have to break fellowship with them. It's to acknowledge the fact that there's a disagreement. Hey, we're just on different sides on this one. And that's okay. That's a sign of a mature Christian being able to disagree with someone and still love them to still maintain unity with them. I know it's hard, but it's the environment's not going to get better because we're in an election cycle. And you're going to see it all over the place if you haven't already. It's just going to get worse. But Jesus prayed that we would be one. So how, friend, can you pray and ask God to be unified with the people you disagree with? How are you going to do that? But that's ultimately what he's asking here. And I think God wants to answer those prayers. He wants to hear those, those prayers from his people. So, protection, holiness, being sent, and unity. At least those four, there's probably others, but those are the ones that are easily jump out of the page. These are the things that Jesus prayed for when he was on earth. There's a good, solid reason to believe that he's going to pray those things when he's seated, seated at the right hand of the Father. There's one other passage here that I think is important. I want you to notice verse 24. Um, and, and, and here it is Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. Got to be honest. It took me a little while to wrap my head around what Jesus was saying here. And frankly, I think I'll, I'll be working on this one for, for quite some time. But notice that he wants to be with us. He wants us to be with him where he is. He wants us to be, be together. When we ask for kingdom-oriented things, He wants that, and so so think of it this way. If you want to be like Jesus, if you want to learn how to act like him, to think like him, to love like him, if that's what your intention is in following Jesus, he wants that more for you than you do. He wants it more because he wants you to be where he is. So anything that we we can do or pursue to make us more like him Jesus wants that for us more than what than what we want. He wants that for us. That's an encouraging thought because now you're not trying to convince Jesus of anything. You are simply aligning where he already is. Those you have given given me to be with me where I am. God, that's what I'm praying for. And so if he's seated at the right hand of the Father, what he's saying is, you know, here's where I'm at. I want that for you too. I want you to become like me. I want you to be in a position to spend time with me. I want you to be where I currently am. God wants to be with you. God wants your destiny, and he wants all of that even more than you do. Let that sink in for a moment. God's leading us and moving us and shaping us to be something that we want, but that he he wants more for us. And this is why you you pray. This is why you you pause and you take your five minutes and you, you pray over those things, to align yourself with his purpose in prayer. Jesus intercedes for you if you think about that if you pray to him to align yourself what could happen what could happen in your in your life and the life of the people around you your family your neighborhood your workplace what what would happen if you pursued god such a level or trying to align with him to think like him to act like him to love like him what could ultimately happen in light of all the things that we've learned about prayer Church, prayer is ultimately talking to God. It's just talking with Him. Don't make it more complicated. We learned last week that that Christians ought to say relatively short prayers because we're just that confident in Him. But talking with Him means we're also listening. Discipleship is about listening and responding, listening and responding, and I'm still trying to learn that like everybody else. Some days it's easier than others. Uh, In fact, I'll just tell you a quick story. I was... Um, in my prayer journal the other day, and I'll be honest, I really hadn't felt like I'd heard from the Lord in quite some time, and so as I'm journaling, I'm, I'm kind of lamenting this, and then all of a sudden, the Lord downloaded about four or five different things about different people, and I was able to contact them and, and just encourage them because of things that the Lord had said. That doesn't happen all the time, but I love when it actually does. But the point is is that you're listening and responding. You put yourself in a position to receive when he's ready to speak. And then the love that we receive from God changes us. I don't know how being in the presence of God doesn't change us in some way because of his greatness and his goodness, his love, his mercy, and his compassion. I don't know how it doesn't change us. So this week, again, how'd you do? Um, you know, if you were able to, uh, to do five minutes a day for all seven days, give us a heart. If you were able to do it at least four times during the week, give us a thumbs up. And if you need to hit the reset again, hey, no problem. Um, God's always there. He's not moving. So give us a little, little ha-ha emoji so that we know that, that you need to reset. Again, you know, we're not judging you for that. Uh, all of us go through that from time to time, and and here's the thing: God's not moving; He's just waiting for you, and so you can you can hit that reset without without a problem. Um, he loves when you try to connect with Him. So I just want to once again, uh, you know, start praying. Just start five minutes. I just want you to pray. I just I just want you to pray, and. Uh, Start with five and then challenge yourself. Uh, maybe go seven minutes or ten minutes or whatever it is for you. It, it's entirely up to you. The thing is, I found that when I'm when I'm really engaged in the prayer, um, and for me again that includes journaling, but when I'm really engaged in it, time flies. After some practice, it does. Um, you're, it's amazing. Uh, it's an hour later and you're still writing some things or still praying. But the point is. Just pray, just pray. This entire series has been to encourage you to pray and there's plenty of it to pray about. Whether you want to start with global pandemics or you just want to talk about the relationship you have with your kids, God cares about it all. Find those things that uh, are on his heart and pray those things back to him and find reward in that time that you spend with him. Let's pray together. Jesus, I'm so thankful um, for your teaching on prayer. And again, Lord, as I often prayed, I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to infuse the hearts and minds of of people who call Thrive Church home with a sense of of your presence that it would compel them to spend more time, you to want to spend more time with you. God, would you answer their prayers in such a way that they would, um, they would be encouraged, that it would build faith, that they would, they would want to engage with you because they see things happening. I trust that you know how best to do that for people and that um, your spirit would move and we would just simply be a part of that because we spent some time with you. Please, Lord, protect us all from the coronavirus, from the uh, economic challenges that are right at our doorstep. And I thank you. Thank you with the, from the bottom of my, my heart that we can be part of this church that meets digitally, but we're here, we're together, and we are seeking after you, Lord. Thank you for this congregation, and thank you for being our, <laughs> being our shepherd. Help us to learn your voice in Jesus' name, amen.